0: Section 36 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 17. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Leanne Svetan. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 17. Section 36 The Death and Awakening of Hannele. From Hanele by Gerhard Hauptmann Gerhard Hauptmann 1862 to 1946 when gerhard hauptmann's first dramas were represented on the stage it was generally assumed that the author had joined the ranks of those realists who delight in picturing only the most depraved side of human nature although a leader in that school whose chief tendency is socialism it is said that hauptmann is really an idealist who hopes to redeem the social world by inspiring disgust with existing evils and thus awakening a desire for general reform he was greatly disappointed at the class of spectators which his plays attracted instead of appealing to sympathetic audiences the indifferent or coarser elements of society witnessed the performances and it was not unusual that scenes of revolting degradation elicited applause with great skill and strength the author unfolds characters that reflect social degradation and the worst passions the unavoidable consequences of heredity and environment the sufferings of the lower working classes the brutality of their unclean lives the terrors of starvation are described with vivid force worthy of a better subject these gruesome scenes are sometimes relieved by a rare bit of poetic feeling which brings into bright contrast the beauty of a true and noble emotion before sunrise is intensely morbid and represents a succession of horrors the climax is reached when the one innocent being who has excited interest and sympathy is swept away in the whirlpool of misfortune through no fault of her own even virtuous qualities have no chance of survival and the curse of heredity falls upon the innocent and wicked alike everywhere claiming untold victims notwithstanding his choice of material hauptmann's early writings were replete with strong situations at last his poetic nature asserted itself more forcibly and an occasional gleam of light brightened the dark realism of his plays in his more recent works there is no longer a general and hopeless destruction of character under adverse conditions he sometimes even permits the higher qualities of human nature to triumph over evil in crampton college there is a touch of grandeur when the child gertrude with her generous little heart bids defiance to the whole world with her strong little arms about her father's neck she sustains the weak disgraced man never failing in her love and devotion until she succeeds in redeeming him the weavers is a socialistic play of intense dramatic power it has passed over the greatest stages of the world and everywhere has produced a profound impression the play is founded on scenes that occurred during the uprising of the weavers in silesia in eighteen forty four on one side hauptmann shows the opulent employer who oppresses his starving workmen beyond their powers of endurance on the other side are the poor weavers driven to rage and desperation by the sufferings of poverty with neither laws to protect them nor a mediator to speak the conciliatory word A leading spirit among the weavers is Becker, who declares that it is all the same to him whether he starves at the loom or out in the ditch, and he bursts forth indignantly. The right kind of employer can get along with three or four hundred workmen in the turning of his hand, and he leaves a few pickings for his men. But a man such as you has four bellies like a cow, and teeth like a wolf the weavers has been criticized as representing only a succession of unconnected scenes one german critic observes that if the angel of starvation is imagined hovering over each scene the play will not be lacking in unity in the dream poem hannele hauptmann reveals his full poetic powers the performance of this drama created a great sensation in one of the great european cities the actors are said to have been so profoundly affected that they refused to repeat the representation. Hanela is the innocent victim of a brutal, drunken stepfather. Abused until death, the poor child is carried to the hospital, where everything is done to alleviate the agony of her last hours. As her mind wanders, the misery of her short young life is revealed in a series of tableaux. In a vision the good teacher appears to lead her gently by the hand to another life, free from sin and suffering. Heaven opens before her, and all the joys of a blessed future descend upon the innocent, abused child. It is a poem of heart-rendering pathos, and the esteem in which the work is held as a literary production is shown by the fact that the Grillparzer prize at Vienna was recently awarded to Hauptmann for this tender and poetic drama. Gerhard Hauptmann The Death and Awakening of Hannele From Hannele Little Hannele Mattern, the starved and ill-used stepdaughter of a brutal workman, has been so cruelly treated by her father that the child has tried to drown herself. Rescued by the young village schoolmaster, her only friend among the villagers, a kind of allegorical type of Christ, she is brought to the squalid almshouse of the place to die, the child lies in a darkened room watched by a sister of mercy terrible visions of her past suffering occur and the early part of the drama largely represents what is passing in her tired and confused brain presently an angel enters the death chamber and soothes the child giving her a flower from heaven a flower which none save herself can see and other kind spirits cheer her after they have gone the little sufferer is left in happy surprise and expectancy everything is as it was before the appearance of the angels the sister of mercy is seated beside the bed in which hanala is lying she relights the candle and hanala opens her eyes her inward vision seems still to be present to her her features still wear an expression of heavenly rapture as soon as she recognizes the sister she begins to speak with joyful eagerness hanala sister angels sister martha angels do you know who have been here Sister. Hm are you awake again already? Hanela. Just guess, do. Unable to contain herself. Angels, angels, real angels. Angels from heaven, Sister Martha. Angels, you know, with long wings. Sister. Well then, if you've had such beautiful dreams. Hanela. There now, she says I dreamt it. But look at what I've got here. Just look at it. She makes a motion as though she held a flower in her hand and were showing it to the sister. Sister. What is it? Hanala. Just look at it. Sister. Hmm. Hanala. Here it is. Look at it. Sister. Aha. Hanala. Just smell it. Sister, pretending to smell a flower. Hmm, lovely. Hanala. Not so close to it, you'll break the stalk. Sister, oh, I'm very sorry. What sort of flower is it? Hanala, why, don't you know? The key of heaven. Sister, is it really? Hanala, why, surely you're... Do bring the light, quick, quick. Sister, holding up the candle. Ah, yes, now I see it. Hanala, isn't it lovely? Sister, But you're talking a great deal too much. We must keep quiet now, or the doctor will scold us. And here he has sent you your medicine. We must take it as he bids us. Hanala. Oh, sister, you're far too much troubled about me. You don't know what has happened, do you? Do you? Do tell me if you know. Who gave me this? Well, the little golden key. Who? Say, what is the little golden key meant to open? Well? SISTER, YOU'LL TELL ME ALL ABOUT IT TOMORROW MORNING. THEN AFTER A GOOD NIGHT'S REST YOU'LL BE STRONG AND WELL. HANNELA, BUT I AM WELL. SHE SITS UP AND PUTS HER FEET TO THE GROUND. YOU SEE, SISTER, I'M QUITE, QUITE WELL. SISTER, WHY, HANNELA, NO, YOU MUSTN'T DO THAT. YOU REALLY MUSTN'T. HANNELA, RISING AND PUSHING THE SISTER AWAY, MAKES A FEW STEPS FORWARD. YOU MUST LET ME. YOU MUST let me i must go she starts in terror and gazes fixedly at a certain point oh heavenly saviour a black-robed and black-winged angel becomes visible he is great strong and beautiful and bears a long serpentine sword the hilt of which is draped in black gauze grave and silent he sits beside the stove and gazes at hanala calmly and immovably a white dream-like light fills the room Hanala. Who are you? No answer. Are you an angel? No answer. Is it to me you come? No answer. I am Hanala Matern. Is it to me you come? No answer. Sister Martha has stood by with folded hands, devoutly and humbly. Now she moves slowly out of the room. Hanala. Has God taken the gift of speech from your tongue? No answer. Are you a friend to me? Do you come as an enemy? No answer. Have you a sword in the folds of your garment? No answer. burr! I am cold. Piercing frost spreads from your wings. Cold breathes around you. No answer. Who are you? No answer. A sudden horror overcomes her, and she turns with a scream as though someone stood behind her. Mother! Little mother! A figure in the dress of the Sister of Mercy, but younger and more beautiful, with long white pinions, comes in. Hanala, shrinking up close to the figure and seizing her hand, mother, little mother, there is someone here. Sister, where? Hanala, there, there. Sister, why are you trembling so? Hanala, I'm frightened. Sister, fear nothing. I am with you. Hanala, my teeth are chattering with terror. I can't help it. He makes me shudder. Sister, do not be frightened. He is your friend. Hanala, who is he, mother? Sister, do you not know him? Hanala, who is he? Sister, death. Hanala, death! She looks for a while at the black angel in awe-stricken silence. Must it be, then? Sister, it is the entrance, Hanala. Hanala. Must everyone pass through the entrance? Sister. Everyone. Hanala. Will you grasp me hard, Death? He is silent. He makes no answer, Mother, to anything I say. Sister. The words of God are loud within you. Hanala. I have often longed for you from the depths of my heart, but now I am afraid. Sister. Make you ready. Hanala. To die... "'Sister, yes?' Hanela, after a pause, timidly, "'Must I lie in the coffin in these rags and tatters?' "'Sister, God will clothe you.' She produces a small silver bell and rings it. Immediately there appears, moving noiselessly, as do all the succeeding apparitions, a little humpbacked village tailor, carrying over his arm a bridal gown, veil and wreath, and in his hands a pair of glass slippers,' he has a comical halting gait he bows in silence to the angel then to the sister and last and lowest to hannele the tailor with a profusion of bows mistress johanna katerina martin he clears his throat his serene highness your most gracious father has condescended to order your bridal dress of me sister takes the gown from the tailor and begins to dress hannele come i will put it on for you in joyful excitement oh how it rustles sister white silk hannele hannele looking down in rapture at the gown won't people be astonished to see me so beautifully dressed in my coffin mistress johanna katerina martin clears his throat the whole village is talking of nothing but clears his throat what good fortune death is bringing you mistress hannah clears his throat "'His serene highness,' clears his throat, "'your most gracious father,' clears his throat, "'has been to the overseer.' Sister, placing the wreath on Hanala's head, "'now bend thy head, thy bride of heaven.' Hanala, quivering with childish joy, "'do you know, Sister Martha? "'I am looking forward so to death.' All of a sudden she looks dubiously at the sister. "'It is you, isn't it?' Sister, "'Yes.' Hanala, you are really sister martha oh no you are my mother sister yes hanela are you both sister the children of heaven are as one in god taylor if i might be permitted princess hanela kneeling before her with the slippers these are the tiniest little slippers in the land they have all two large feet hedwig and agnes and lisa and martha and minna and anna and kate and Greta, he has put the slippers on her feet. They fit, they fit. The bride is found. Mistress Hannele has the smallest feet. When you have any further orders, your servant, your servant, goes off, bowing profusely. Hannele, I can scarcely bear to wait, little mother. Sister, now you need not take any more medicine. Hannele, no. Sister, Now you'll soon be as fresh and sound as a mountain trout, Hanala. Come now and lay you down on your deathbed. She takes Hanala's hand and leads her gently to the bed on which Hanala lies down. Hanala, at last I shall know what it is to die. Sister. Yes, you will, Hanala. Hanala, lying on her back with her hands as if they were holding a flower. I have a pledge. Sister. Press it close to your breast. Hanaleh, with a renewal of dread, looking shrinkingly towards the angel. Must it be, then? Sister, it must. From the far distance are heard strains of a funeral march. Hannele listening. Now they're playing for the burial. Meister Seifried and the musicians. The angel rises. Now he stands up. The storm without has increased. The angel moves slowly and solemnly towards Hanaleu. Now he is coming to me. Oh, sister, mother, I can't see you. Where are you? To the angel, imploringly, Quick, quick, thou dumb black spirit! As though groaning under an insupportable weight, It is crushing me, crushing me like a, like a stone. The angel slowly raises his great sword. He is going to, going to destroy me utterly. In an agony of terror, help, help, sister, sister, interposing with dignity between the angel and Hanela, and laying both her hands in an attitude of protection upon Hanela's heart, speaking loftily, solemnly, and with authority, he dare not, I lay my consecrated hands upon thy heart. The black angel disappears, silence. the sister folds her hands and looks down upon Hanela with a gentle smile then she becomes absorbed in thought and moves her lips in silent prayer the strains of the funeral march have in the meantime continued without interruption a sound as of many lightly pattering feet is heard presently the figure of the schoolmaster gottwald appears in the middle doorway the funeral march ceases gottwald is dressed in black as though for a funeral and carries in his hand a bunch of beautiful lilies of the valley he has reverently taken off his hat and, while still on the threshold, turns to those who follow him, with a gesture commanding silence. Behind him appear his schoolchildren, boys and girls in their best clothes. In obedience to his gesture they stop their whispering and remain quite silent. They do not venture to cross the threshold. With solemn mien Gottwald now approaches the sister, who is still praying. Gottwald, in a low voice, Good day, Sister Martha. Sister, Mr. Gottwald, God's greeting to you. Gottwald, looking at Hannele, shakes his head sadly and pityingly. Poor little thing. Sister, why are you so sad, Mr. Gottwald? Gottwald, because she is dead. Sister, we will not grieve for that. She has found peace, and for her sake I am glad. Gottwald, sighing. Yes, it is well with her. Now she is free from all trouble and sorrow. Sister, sunk in contemplation. How beautiful she looks as she lies there. Gottwald, yes, yes, beautiful. Now that you are dead, you bloom forth in all your loveliness. Sister, God has made her so beautiful because she had faith in him. Gottwald, yes, she had faith and she was good. He heaves a deep sigh, opens his hymn-book and looks sadly into it. Sister, also looking into the hymn-book, we must not mourn. We must be still and patient. Gottwald. Ah, my heart is heavy. Sister. Because she is set free? Gottwald. Because my two flowers are withered. Sister. What flowers? Gottwald. Two violets here in my book. They are the dead eyes of my dear Hanaleh. Sister. In God's heaven they will bloom again far more sweetly. Gottwald, O God, how much longer will our pilgrimage last, through this veil of darkness and of tears? With a sudden change, briskly and busily, producing sheets of music, what do you think? I thought we might begin, here in the house, by singing the hymn, Jesus, O I Trust in Thee. Sister, Yes, that is a beautiful hymn, and Hannah le Matern's heart was full of faith. Gottwald, and then out in the churchyard we will sing, Set Me Free. He turns to the schoolchildren and says, Number 62, Set Me Free. He intones softly, beating time, Set me free, oh, set me free, That I may Jesus see. The children have joined in softly. "'Children, are you all warmly dressed? "'It will be very cold out in the churchyard. "'Come in for a moment. "'Look at poor Hanala once more.' "'The children crowd in and range themselves solemnly around the bed. "'Just see how beautiful death has made the poor girl. "'She was huddled in rags. "'Now she wears silk and raiment. "'She ran about barefoot. "'Now she has glass slippers on her feet. "'Soon she will dwell in a golden palace.' and eat roast meat every day. Here she lived on cold potatoes, and often had not enough of them. Here you always called her the beggar princess. Now she will soon be a princess, in very deed. So if any of you have anything that you want to beg her pardon for, do it now, or she will tell the dear God about it, and then it will go ill with you.' A little boy, stepping forward, "'Dear Princess Hanala,' don't be angry with me and don't tell dear god that i always called you the beggar princess all the children in a confused murmur we are all so very sorry very sorry gottwald so now poor hanela has already forgiven you now go into the other room and wait for me there sister come i'll take you into the back room and there i'll tell you what you must do if you want to become beautiful angels as beautiful as hanela will soon be She leads the way, the children follow her, the door is closed. Gottwald, now alone with Hanela, he lays the flowers at her feet with emotion. Hanela, dear, here I've brought you another bunch of beautiful lilies of the valley. Kneeling by her bed with trembling voice. Don't quite, quite forget me in your glory. He sobs with his face buried into the folds of her dress. It breaks my heart to part from you. Voices are heard gottwald rises and covers hanela with a sheet two old women dressed for a funeral with handkerchiefs and gilt-edged hymn books in their hands enter softly first woman looking round i suppose we're the first second woman no the schoolmaster is already here good day mr gottwald gottwald good day first woman ah this will be a sore trouble to you mr gottwald She was such a good pupil to you, always industrious, always busy. Second woman. Is it true what people are saying? Surely it can't be. They say she took her own life. A third woman who has entered. That would be a sin against the Holy Spirit. Second woman. A sin against the Holy Ghost. Third woman. And the pastor says such a sin can never be forgiven. Gottwald. Have you forgotten what the Saviour said? Suffer the little children to come unto me. A fourth woman who has entered. Oh, good people, good people, what weather? It's enough to freeze the feet off you. I only hope the pastor won't be too long about it. The snow is lying a yard deep in the churchyard. A fifth woman entering. The pastor is not going to bury her, good people. He's going to refuse her consecrated ground. Pleška also appearing. "'Have you heard? Have you heard? A grand gentleman has been to see the pastor, has been to see the pastor, and has told him, yes, told him, that Hannah-le-Mattern is a blessed saint.' Hanka entering hastily, "'Do you know what they are bringing? A crystal coffin!' Several voices, "'A crystal coffin! A crystal coffin!' Hanke, "'Oh, Lord, it must have cost a pretty penny!' Several voices, "'A crystal coffin! A crystal coffin!' sidle who has appeared. "'We're going to see fine things. That we are. "'An angel has passed right through the village "'as tall as a poplar tree, if you'll believe me. "'And two others are sitting by the smithy pond, "'but they're small like little children. "'The girl was more than a beggar girl.' "'Several voices. "'The girl was more than a beggar girl. "'They're bringing a crystal coffin. "'An angel has passed through the village.' four white-robed youths carry in a crystal coffin which they set down near hanela's bed the mourners whisper to each other full of curiosity and astonishment gottwald raising the sheet a little from hanela's face look at the dead child too first woman peering curiously under the sheet why her hair is like gold gottwald drawing the cloth away from hanela who is illuminated with a pale light and she has silken garments and glass slippers. All shrink back as though dazzled, with exclamations of the utmost surprise. Several voices. Ah, oh, how beautiful she is! Who can it be? Little Hanle Matern? Hanla Matern? No, I don't believe it. Pleshka, The girl, the girl is a, a saint. The four youths with tender care lay Hanela in the crystal coffin. Hanke. They say she isn't to be buried at all. First woman, her coffin is to be set up in the church. Second woman, I believe the girl isn't really dead. She looks as alive as ever she can be. Pleshka, just give me, just give me a down feather. We'll try, we'll try holding a down feather to her mouth. Yes, and we'll see, and we'll see if she's still, if she's still breathing, we will. They give him a down feather and he holds it to handle mouth. It doesn't stir. The girl is dead. She hasn't a breath of life in her. Third woman. I'll give her my bunch of rosemary. She lays it in the coffin. Fourth woman. She can take my bit of lavender with her, too. Fifth woman. But where's Matern? First woman. Yes, where's Matern? Second woman. Oh, he! He's sitting over there in the alehouse. First woman. Most like he doesn't know a word of what has happened. SECOND WOMAN. HE CARES FOR NOTHING AS LONG AS HE HAS HIS DRAM. HE KNOWS NOTHING ABOUT IT. PLESHKA. HAVEN'T YOU, HAVEN'T YOU TOLD HIM THEN, TOLD HIM, THAT THERE'S DEATH IN HIS HOUSE? THIRD WOMAN. HE MIGHT KNOW THAT WITHOUT ANY TELLING. FOURTH WOMAN. I DON'T SAY ANYTHING, HEAVEN FORBID, BUT EVERYONE KNOWS WHO HAS KILLED THE GIRL. SIDEL. YOU'RE RIGHT. THE WHOLE VILLAGE, AS YOU MIGHT SAY, KNOWS THAT. There's a lump on her as big as my fist. Fifth woman, no grass grows where that fellow sets his feet. Sidel, I was there when they changed her wet clothes, and I saw it as plainly as I see you. She has a lump on her as big as my fist, and that's what has killed her. First woman, it's muttern must answer for her, and no one else. All, speaking all at once and vehemently, but in a whisper. No one else, no one else second woman he's a murderer he is all full of fury but in a low tone a murderer a murderer the harsh voice of the tipsy matern is heard a conscience from all trouble free what softer pillow can there be he appears in the doorway and shouts Hanala, you brat where are you hiding he staggers in leaning against the door-jamb i'll count up to five and i'll wait not a moment longer one two three and one are i tell you my girl you'd better not make me wild if i have to search for you and find you you hussy i'll pound you to a jelly i will starts as he notices the others who are present and who remain as still as death what do you want here no answer how do you come here was it the devil sent you eh just clear out of here now well are you going to stop all night he laughs to himself wait a minute i know what it is it's nothing but that i have a little too much in my noddle that's what brings em he sings a conscience from all trouble free What softer pillow can there be? Starts in fear. Are you still there? In a sudden outburst of fury, looking around for something to attack them with. I'll take the first thing that comes handy. A man has entered, wearing a threadbare brown cloak. He is about thirty, has long black hair and a pale face, with the features of the schoolmaster Gottwald. He has a slouch hat in his left hand and sandals on his feet. He appears weary and travel-stained. He touches Mattern lightly on the arm, interrupting his speech. Mattern turns sharply round. The stranger looks him straight in the face, gravely and quietly, and says humbly, Stranger, Mattern, God's greeting to you. Mattern, How have you come here? What do you want? Stranger, in a tone of humble entreaty, I have walked till my feet are bleeding. Give me water to wash them. The hot sun has parched me. Give me wine to drink and to refresh me. I have not broken bread since I set forth in the morning. I am hungry. Mattern. What's that to me? What brings you tramping around here? Go and work. I have work too. Stranger. I am a workman. Mattern. You're a tramp, that's what you are. A workman need not go about begging. Stranger. I am a workman without wages. Mattern, you're a tramp, you are. Stranger, diffidently, submissively, but at the same time impressively. I am a physician. It may be that you have need of me. Mattern, I'm all right. I don't need any doctor. Stranger, his voice trembling with inward emotion. Mattern, bethink you. You need give me no water, and yet I will heal you. YOU MAY GIVE ME NO BREAD TO EAT, AND YET, GOD HELPING ME, I WILL MAKE YOU WHOLE. MUTTERN, YOU GET OUT OF THIS, GO ABOUT YOUR BUSINESS. I HAVE SOUND BONES IN MY BODY, I NEED NO doctor. DO YOU UNDERSTAND? STRANGER, MUTTERN, BETHINK YOU, I WILL WASH YOUR FEET FOR YOU, I WILL GIVE YOU WINE TO DRINK, YOU SHALL EAT WHITE BREAD, TREAD ME UNDER YOUR FOOT, AND YET, GOD HELPING ME, I WILL MAKE YOU WHOLE AND SOUND. Muttern, now will you go or will you not? If you won't get out of this, I tell you, I'll— Stranger, in a tone of earnest admonition, Muttern, do you know what you have in your house? Muttern, all that belongs here, all that belongs here, all that belongs here. You don't belong here. Just get out now. Stranger, simply, your daughter is ill. Muttern, Her illness doesn't need any doctor. It's nothing but laziness. Her illness isn't. I can knock that out of her without your help. Stranger, solemnly. Matern, I come as a messenger to you. Matern. As a messenger, eh? Who from? Stranger. I come from the father, and I go to the father. What have you done with his child? Matern. How am I to know what's become of her? What have I to do with his children? He's never troubled about her, he hasn't. Stranger, firmly, you have death in your house. Mattern now notices Hanala lying there, goes in speechless astonishment up to the coffin and looks into it, then murmurs, Where have you got the beautiful clothes? Who has bought you the crystal coffin? The mourners whisper to each other vehemently but softly. The word murderer is heard again and again, uttered in a threatening tone. Mattern, softly, trembling, I have never ill-used you, I have clothed you, I have fed you. Turning insolently upon the stranger, What do you want from me? What have I to do with all this? Stranger, Muttern have you anything to say to me? The muttering among the mourners becomes more vehement and angry, and the word murderer, murderer, becomes more frequently audible. Stranger, Have you nothing to reproach yourself with? Have you never torn her from her bed by night? Has she never fallen as though dead under your blows? Madern, beside himself with rage. Strike me dead if she has. Here on the spot. Heaven's lightning blast me if I've been to blame. A flash of pale blue lightning and distant thunder. All speaking together. There's a thunderstorm coming. Right in the middle of winter. He's perjured himself. The child murderer has perjured himself. Stranger, impressively but kindly. Have you still nothing to say to me, Mattern Mattern, in pitiful terror. Who loves this child chastens it? I've done nothing but good to the girl. I've kept her as my child. I've a right to punish her when she does wrong. The women advancing threateningly towards him. Murderer, murderer, murderer. Mattern. she's lied to me and cheated me. She has robbed me day by day. Stranger. Are you speaking the truth? Mattern. God, strike me! At this moment a cowslip, the key of heaven, is seen in Hanela's folded hands, emitting a yellow-green radiance. Mattern stares at it as though out of his senses, trembling all over. Stranger. Mattern, you are lying! All in the greatest excitement. A miracle! A miracle! Pletschka. The girl, the girl is a, a saint. He has, he has sworn away, body body and soul mattern shrieks i'll go and hang myself clasps his head between his hands and rushes off stranger goes up to hanela's coffin and turns so as to face the others who all draw back reverently from the figure which now stands in full majesty addressing them fear nothing he bends down and takes hold of hanela's hand he speaks with the deepest tenderness the maiden is not dead but sleepeth with intensity and assured power "'Johanna Mattern, arise!' A gold-green radiance fills the room. Hanela opens her eyes and raises herself by the aid of the stranger's hand, but without daring to look in his face. She steps out of the coffin and at once sinks to the ground at the feet of the awakener. Terror seizes upon all the others and they flee. The stranger and Hanela remain alone. The brown mantle has slipped from his shoulders and he stands in a golden-white robe." Stranger, tenderly, Hanala. Hanala, in an ecstasy, her head bowed as low as possible. He is there. Stranger, who am I? Hanala, thou. Stranger, name my name. Hanala, whispers trembling with awe. Holy, holy. Stranger, I know all thy sorrows and thy sufferings. Hanala. Thou dear, dear, stranger, arise. Hanala, thy robe is spotless, I am full of stains. Stranger laying his right hand on Hannela's head. Thus I take away all baseness from thee. Raising her face toward him with gentle force, he touches her eyes. Behold, I bestow on thine eyes eternal light. Let them be filled with the light of countless suns. With THE LIGHT OF ENDLESS DAY, FROM MORNING GLOW TO EVENING GLOW, FROM EVENING GLOW TO MORNING GLOW, LET THEM BE FILLED WITH THE BRIGHTNESS OF ALL THAT SHINES, BLUE SEA, BLUE SKY, AND THE GREEN PLAINS OF ETERNITY. HE TOUCHES HER EAR. BEHOLD, I GIVE TO THINE EAR, TO HEAR ALL THE REJOICING OF ALL THE MILLIONS OF ANGELS IN THE MILLION HEAVENS OF GOD. HE TOUCHES HER LIPS. Behold, I set free thy stammering tongue, and lay upon it thy soul, and my soul, and the soul of God in the highest. Hanila, her whole body trembling, attempts to rise, as though weighted down by an infinite burden of rapture. She cannot do so. In a storm of sobs and tears she buries her head on the stranger's breast. Stranger, with these tears I wash from thy soul all the dust and anguish of the world, i will exalt thy feet above the stars of god to soft music and stroking hanela's hair with his hand the stranger speaks as follows as he is speaking angelic forms appear in the doorway great and small youths and maidens they pause diffidently then venture in swinging censers then decorating the chamber with hangings and wreaths the city of the blessed is marvellously fair and peace and utter happiness are never ending there harps at first played softly gradually ring out loud and clear the houses are of marble the roofs of gold so fine and down their silver channels bubble brooks of ruby wine the streets that shine so white so white are all bestrown with flowers and endless peals of wedding bells ring out from all the towers the pinnacles as green as may gleam in the morning light Beset with flickering butterflies, With rose-wreaths decked and dight. Twelve milk-white swans Fly round them in mazy circles wide, And preen themselves and ruffle up Their plumage in their pride. They soar aloft so bravely Through the shining heavenly air, With fragrance all a-quiver And with golden trumpet blare. In circle sweeps, majestical, Forever they are winging, AND THE PULSE OF THEIR PINIONS IS LIKE HARP-STRINGS, SOFTLY RINGING. THEY LOOK ABROAD OVER ZION, ON GARDENS AND ON SEA, AND GREEN AND FILMY STREAMERS BEHIND THEM FLUTTER FREE, AND UNDERNEATH THEM WANDER THROUGHOUT THE HEAVENLY LAND, THE PEOPLE IN THEIR FEAST ARRAY, FOREVER HAND IN HAND, AND THEN INTO THE WIDE, WIDE SEA, FILLED WITH THE RED, RED WINE, Behold they plunge their bodies with glory all a shine they plunge their shining bodies into the gleaming sea till in the deep clear purple they're swallowed utterly and when again they leap aloft rejoicing from the flood their sins have all been washed away in jesus blessed blood end of section 36